Hello and welcome to the GNU Plus Coffee Podcast. My name is Clayton Rigo, and I'll be your host. This is our first episode, so be sure to keep a lookout for new episodes later on. We've got several stories, or actually two news stories that we're going to go over as of uh, late. And then we're going to go over a small list of uh, just chit-chat topics, I guess. Uh, um, a known bug in Maldwino, uh Kernel 5.0, a little bit, little bit of a talk on that. And my, my impressions so far. Uh, the Epic Store coming to Linux, which actually that's part of this. Wow, should have read that off. Anyway, we'll just start off with that. We'll start off with the Epic Store, and then I'll go down the list. Epic Games wants its store running on Linux. Now, I first saw this. I first saw this, and I thought, do I really need the Epic Store? But, you know, the fact that they're actually bringing it to Linux and give their games, their published games, to the Linux community. Well, they're not giving it to the community, but you get the idea. Anyway, Epic Games is actually working and is probably going to be putting out a bounty, a bug bounty in the hopes of trying to let uh, their Epic Store run in Linux. Yes, it will probably have to run from Wine, or Crossover, or Proton. But, I mean, at least we have options. Um, and if you're one of those people who want to just pipe it through Windows, you can. But... That's, in, in my opinion, that's just more work than it's worth. But that's just my opinion on that. Um, but I will actually be glad to see how well the store runs and uh, what features they implement. And on to our second news, uh, second news bit. Facebook stored millions of passwords in plain text. Yeah, that's kind of an issue. Although the issue wasn't their fault and was quickly patched. It turned out to be a bug. Now, they never stated how this bug came about as far as I've read. Although, it was a serious issue and was attended to quickly. This affected Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and I think I think that was it. I think that's the those are the only two services that actually got uh, affected. However, what I do, what I do recommend you guys do. Wow, do recommend you guys do. Wow, that's weird. Is go and change your password on Facebook 
and change your password on Instagram. And now, with two topics out of the way, we are going to take a look at our third topic. The Malduino bug. So, there is a slight issue with the Malduino and Malduino Elite. Malduino Lite and Malduino Elite. Whenever you turn it on, or whenever you plug it in, and it runs a script, it will spam a single character over and over. Although I could only get this bug to reproduce in the terminal, I did notice that it was persistent. No, ma no matter of time, no manner of time would allow you to stop the bug, or not stop the bug, but would allow me to stop. Would it? No amount of time would allow you to actually stop the uh, the spamming of say one, two, three, or four. If you set your Malduino to, to run a script, and that script is named 1000.txt, that script, if that one is the selected one to run, will run its course, and if you have it open up a terminal or a command line and do something, and you don't have it close out at the end of it, it will spam a single character. So in that case, in the, in the case of 1000, it'll actually launch, it'll actually spam 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, continuously. Now, this, as I did state, is a known bug. Actually, I'm not sure if I stated that or not, but yes, this bug is known, and, uh, I think that's actually why they said that setup is recommended on Windows or Mac. I think it's because of this issue and that it just, the Arduino software on Linux just doesn't flash it well. I'm not sure if it's an issue with the kernel version I was running, because now I'm running 5.0 and that's why it's on the list, um, or not, I don't know. But to circumvent this, instead of going and opening up Windows uh, and going and installing it from the Arduino IDE on there, you can instead have the very end of your script either A, close out that terminal, when you're done using it. Or B, do like I do, and add a delay with a massive time count on it, with a massive uh, number. So I actually chose, I actually chose 900 million <laughs> uh, milliseconds. Yeah, that's sad. Anyway, <clears throat> I know that's overkill, but I plug in that flash drive, or I plug in the Malduino, 
it runs the script. At the end of the script, I can pull it out and confirm anything else via keyboard. And I know that's kind of a, a dumb way to fix it, but that's just the way I've done it. And I really don't think that would be recommended. Obviously, I wouldn't. Re obviously, I wouldn't recommend it. But since I bought it and I'm messing around with it, yeah. Anyway, let's continue. I'm going to be going over um, my thoughts on the HP laser jet that I own, specifically. The HP Color LaserJet Pro MFP M477FNW. So I've had this printer for, I'd say, almost two months, maybe a little bit over. Uh, and it's worked really well. Although the HP driver or rather the driver provided by HP has some issues getting installed. Namely, it's a pain. The only thing that seems to be really, really difficult to install uh, would have to be the scan bed driver that's actually, that's actually installed through HP's tool. And I wouldn't say it's really, really difficult. It's just a pain. Because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When you're actually using the installer. Sometimes, sometimes that portion of the installer works, sometimes that portion of the installer doesn't. I've had good luck on Manjaro, bad luck on Ubuntu. Two separate machines. But, uh, Casting that aside, I decided, you know what, I'm going to remove it from my laptop. Remove that driver from my laptop. Removed all the drivers. Tried reinstalling everything with cups and found that the reliability with cups and it, it automatically finding the driver and, and, you know, you go and selecting it. I actually used cups uh, the CUPS web utility and found that the driver performance is pretty much neck and neck. I mean, there's not really any issue. Both print real well. Um, doesn't seem to give me any problems. The only thing I can't do yet is go uh, from scanning from the printer and sending that document to my uh, my computer. That's the only thing I haven't gotten ironed out completely. Anyway, moving on. Linux kernel 5.0. Well, Linux kernel 5.0, I actually upgraded... How long ago was it? I don't remember. I upgraded my laptop right after the release of this newest edition of Manjaro because it finally actually let me uh, easily do it. I'm lazy. Uh, let's see which edition this is. 
Okay, I'm running Manjaro 18.0.4. Anyway, uh, I don't remember when that was officially rolled out, but I know as soon as uh, that I, I know as soon as that did, I was able to update and then upgrade all of my packages. Upon doing so, I noticed that Manjaro had finally allowed me to be able to upgrade my kernel to 5.0 within its settings manager. I could manually have I could have manually downloaded and compiled the kernel and then installed, but I'm lazy. And chose for a quote-unquote safer option of implementing this kernel. Anyway, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's that's everything. Um, wait, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't talk. I didn't talk a lot about kernel 5.0. Kernel 5.0 to me has been very stable and hasn't actually showed me any massive slowdown in comparison to any of the previous kernels. Although I will say boot time on my laptop with kernel 5.0 is slightly slower than it was with 4. Dot, I think I was running 20-12 4.20 4.20.12 Anyway, you get what I mean. Um, 12th point release of, of 4.20. Anyway. There hasn't been any sort of a performance impact on anything. Uh, in fact, everything seems a little bit more stable. And I'm glad. Anyway. I know this one is going to be rough around the edges. This is my first podcast, so I'm your host, Clayton, uh, signing out.